Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Media Boat Podcast. If you're listening to this in audio form, you would have noticed our ramp-up is back. <laughs> our hey. intro music is back. Um, hey, we have music. fixed that um, from being marooned to possibly semi-permanent in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see uh, what happens to the maroon format as we go forward. But the important news is, is that this is another edition of the Media Boat Podcast, as we've always presented it to you. Uh, today is October the 14th, 2020. And uh, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We are a Media Boat Podcast. We talk yes. about TV, movie, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. But in this, that order, actually. Oh, I actually said it in that order? Actually. For, okay, for so watch. actually in that order. Actually in that order. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you for joining us for another episode. Let's get rolling right into it. We always start the Media Boat Podcast with the movies section. And we typically start with box office, but you don't need to know that. The numbers are so low and theaters are closing again. We're not even going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, as we reported last week, Regal will be shutting its theaters again. Not in the news this week, but AMC did come out and say what we had already reported on, that their runway uh, in cash reserves will only last them to the end of the year and slightly into the beginning of next year, um, which we had previously reported on them going six months into 2021. Yeah. Or positive so, cash reserves. No surprises there. They're able to stay afloat at least until next year where they can reassess when things either start to open again or get locked down again because we have another wave or something. Who knows? Life is unpredictable these days. Especially in the U.S. But what is not predictable, or I guess is predictable, is that we will continually talk about Disney. Yeah. So our first story... Uh, oh, there is one new release this week I just should mention. A movie called Honest Thief. Oh, yes. This is Liam... If you're going to the theater and you want to see yeah. an Honest Thief, this is Liam Neeson, who in semi-taken format, basically old man uh, does action stuff. Yeah. Um, he plays an Honest Thief where he's a former bank robber, now, now reformed, and wants to give back said money to the FBI and everything that he's yeah. stolen. Sure. Except when rogue FBI cop agents decide they want the money for themselves <gasps> right, to double-cross Liam Neeson, he must be an honest thief to be Pokemon Center for some reason. <laughs> All right. I was saying, nope, nope, I can't put it on top of the box because it's too tall. On okay, the side. Box on the side. Thought about it. And then I was like... Anyways, uh, Liam Neeson um, is an honest Look. thief in An Honest Thief. In colon, An Honest Thief. Um, so yeah, that's probably out there. Go see it in a drive-in. I don't know. That's what people can still do at this point. We'll talk about drive-ins in a bit here. We will. But first of all, like you said, our first big story is about Disney because Disney is taking this pandemic and making the most of it by completely restructuring their company around streaming. So... When new Disney CEO Bob Kapchuk was announced, he was coming from the Disney parks. He was known as a penny pincher, someone who favored investors and saw Disney as a profitable company. When he was announced to be CEO, everyone kind of freaked out because we were getting away from the Bob Iger, 
Michael Eisner kind of imaginative Disney and more into the corporate side. Everything's all about the money business of Disney. Are you saying this is that paying off? I'm saying this is what we we're fearing as. This is what happened. Yes. I mean, already, like, ever since we even had, like, uh, Disney Plus being announced even, which I believe predates his uh, term as CEO. Even then, we kind of saw the company going in that direction. Like, where can they expand with these other uh, ways to earn money, these other pipelines? And I think the thing that forced his hand, I think, to go mega capitalism here is the pandemic, is that it's completely removed park revenue from being a being a possibility, especially here in California, where Disneyland remains closed. Not only park that, but shot. the past week, it they laid off 28,000 people. Yes. But even more people got laid off from the hotels surrounding it who were counting on Disney being open. Yeah, the tourism industry for Disney right now is dwindling. It's not looking like it's going to be a source of income as lucrative as streaming is. So what does Disney do? They, of course, say, hey, let's do what works. So here's basically the story. They're restructuring their media and entertainment divisions in order to further accelerate to direct-to-consumer strategy. It would be centralizing the media businesses into a single organization that will be responsible for content distribution, ad sales, and Disney Plus. This is notable because Disney, as a lot of these bigger media conglomerates, usually are pretty separated. There's different gardens, you could say, uh, where different aspects of the business take place, like television, film, parks, uh, home home entertainment, streaming, typically are all in Vacations, hotels. Yeah. Tourism, you know. Tourism. Uh, so, but the thing is, is that now they realize that the most lucrative place is direct-to-consumer, which is where streaming lives. So in, uh, as of August, Disney has 100 million paid subscribers across the streaming offerings, more than half of whom are subscribers to Disney+. Plus. So the CEO, that Bob Chapek, is that how you were pronouncing Chapek. it? Yes. Chapek. Uh, said in an interview, quote, I would say COVID accelerated the rate at which we made this transition, but this transition was going to happen anyway. Uh, as part of this reorganization, Disney has promoted Kareem Daniel, the former president of Consumer Products, Game, and Publishing, to now instead oversee the new media enter- entertainment distribution group. He will be in charge of making sure streaming becomes profitable and will hold the reins to all of the company's streaming services and domestic television networks. Uh, including all content distribution, sales, and advertising. So just to recap the last few weeks here of Disney streaming news, they've moved a lot of things that were supposed to be theatrical releases to streaming. Uh, The company pushed back Black Widow, as we talked about on the show already, has announced Pixar's Soul, as recently as last week, to no longer be a theatrical release and be a Disney Plus release. Not a premium Disney Plus release, as you may have guessed following Mulan, but a regular Disney Plus release like what they did with Onward at the beginning of this pandemic. Uh, And that will be Christmas Day. December 25th will be sold. Uh, Which, by the way, I was going to mention this to you post-pod, but I guess, does this mean that we postpone year-end discussions for film until after the 25th? Because I don't think we can have a movie conversation without seeing Soul. 
Uh, well, seeing as we usually do our post conversations like that we, week leading up to December yeah. 1st. I, yeah. Or we January can do 1st. that. Yeah. Up to but January I feel 1st. Like usually, though, we at least have our lists in the can by the time that Christmas comes around. I don't think we can do that. Uh, well, yeah, we, we can do it leading up to then. Like, we can mess with the order. Yeah, we'll see. It's our podcast. But anyway, we can do stuff. So, the last little bit about the story is that we still don't know exactly how well Mulan did. There were some numbers that got leaked out, but Disney has not said straight up, this is the result of that experiment, that twenty nine ninety nine experiment with Disney+. Plus. But we are supposed to see that during, during the company's next earnings report, which is coming in November. So... We will see. So we'll see. That will probably tell us whether Disney will continue doing that premium model on top of putting things out on Disney+. Plus. So, yeah, it's looking like they know where their bread is getting buttered right now, and they don't, they want to make sure that the right people are taking care of it. Right, and I think Disney+, Plus is going to be extremely lucrative, because even though it's six ninety nine to for Disney+, Plus, that's six ninety nine per month unless you were smart like me and many <laughs> other many others who subscribed to Disney Plus for three years four hundred and fifty dollars back yeah. when they doing back before it launched when they're doing their yeah. pre access. If you didn't, just a heads up and I'm included in this. Uh, if you did annual, your year is coming up in, next month, which is uh, November we will see a year full year of Disney Plus. So it's time to re up. Yep. And with, I mean, speaking of that, I think we will see a lot of people re-up because Mandalorian hits on October 31st. It's very smart, of them to do that. very smart of them to do that, to mm -hmm. have like a ramp in to uh, the a new subscriber, new year of subscriptions. Right. And okay. if your year is going to lapse and Mandalorian comes out, which they're going to do on a weekly basis that's going to keep people resubscribed yes. for the whole year. Yeah. Very, very about, smart. They were thinking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, last bit here is, um, of course, nothing about Mulan for premium access, which is, I think why Soul might be going straight to streaming. Yeah, that's my thought too, is that maybe it was good, but it wasn't good like to a, cer like a certain degree. Like, maybe they were expecting it to do, like, Trolls World Tour numbers, and it didn't hit it. That's my guess. Um, but uh, what is in this is that it's only available for streaming on Disney Plus in North America. Yeah. In international, it will get a theatrical release. Yeah. I mean, so they're getting a little bit of both there. Yeah. Also, it's important to note that Mulan has now become available uh, starting this week on uh, other video on demand services, digital as they call it. Uh, so there is now a way that you can rent it now without having to pay the full $29.99 price, just so people know. And also that's another pipeline, that's another income pipeline for Disney. So maybe Which they- We'll see the, thought, the fruit bearing on those trees come yes. next quarter. I don't think you'll see that in November. Yeah, so there's a lot of question marks about exactly how this stuff will be distributed, but Remains to be seen. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. Let's move on to our second story of the week, which is not just about Disney, but all those 
films, all those studios with films that are waiting for the Oscars this year. So um, you mean the tenant sweep? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Because <laughs> as we get closer and closer to Oscar season uh, towards the end of this year here, the Academy is, of course, still seeing what other restrictions they kind of kind of peel back to make it easier for studios films to be eligible. The newest shoe to drop is drive-in screenings. So the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences voted on Tuesday that drive-in screenings will now count towards qualifying a film for the Oscars. For drive-in screenings, there will only be one screen per day required as opposed to three for all other kinds of screenings. Uh, they have also added two more addendums to this year's eligibility. One, films which were intended for theatrical release, but are initially made available through commercial screening, VOD service, or other broadcast, may qualify by making the film available on the Secure Academy Screening Room member site within 60 days of the film streaming VOD release or broadcast. Interesting, right? So that gives studios an option instead of doing theaters first, doing streaming first does not make your film ineligible anymore. It actually will count. Right, but they put that caveat in there that it needs to be yes. accessible on the Academy's screening yeah. room. So that's just a matter of them making a deal with the Academy and making sure that they talk to them over there and making sure it's available. So, mm -hmm. uh, and two, films may qualify with a traditional theatrical release completing a seven-day run in one of six qualifying cities. Note, six, that's four more than usual, because previous it was as long as you had a run in Los Angeles and New York. Now it includes Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco slash the Bay Area, uh, Chicago, Miami, and Atlanta. Those screenings have to occur at least three times daily, with at least one screening between 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. Additionally, driving theaters in these cities will now qualify as a commercial venue. However, the screening requirement will not be adjusted from three times to once for those. Uh, films that have a theatrical release are not required to submit it to the Academy screening room within 60 days. That is optional for ones that were actually screened in theaters. This sucks for everything between all those cities, specifically <laughs> St. Louis and anything in Texas. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Uh, you're just not going to... I think that it depends on the studio and the, the, how wide their distribution is and what their, their channels are. Um, it is though, in the grand scheme of things, good because it is getting a lot more options for films to be able to be eligible, which is really all we can ask for. Right, and they definitely hit a lot of production hubs in Chicago, Miami, and Atlanta. Yes, that's true. Um, but production and distribution aren't necessarily, you know, they're not essentially the same pipeline. They're different things. Right. But if you're a creator who puts a small film together in a production hub, you don't necessarily have the distribution to put it everywhere. Yeah. But in that city or somewhere within that vicinity, but easier to access. Yeah. Which means that the streaming option is, becomes more lucrative at that point mm -hmm. now that it's an option. Uh, so, yeah. Um, still, though. All of this, all these peeling back restrictions and all of this, uh, these new addendums do not cover up the fact that this is going to be a very, very strange year for eligible films. Uh, we're going to, I still don't know, we're in October and we still don't know what our front runners are going to look like. Oh, mine is Palm Springs via Hulu. 
Maybe, maybe uh, but they had to have made this deal, right? They have had, would have had to go through screening room stuff. I don't know if they did. Uh, I don't know. It's past 60 days, maybe? So <laughs> yeah. if it goes up right definitely now, possibly. 60. Yeah, definitely past 60 days. So I don't know. Hulu must have already had, had to have that conversation for this to be an option for them. But, or they put it in a theater somewhere real quick. Yeah. Like that. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that works. So a lot of questions. A lot of questions going into this year. Who knows what we'll be saying in January. Um, all right. That's it for movies. Did you watch any movies this week? Um, I was supposed to watch some Netflix movies, uh, including Yuhubi Halloween. Oh, no. And uh, the other one, uh, The Trial of the Seven or something. Okay. One about Chicago. Yeah, yes. Um, but I didn't get to either of those because I watched something else on Netflix, which I'll get to in TV. Yes, yes, we will get to that. But yeah. Uh, and you didn't watch anything, no I assume? Nope, no movies. Nope. Okay, well, I guess that means we can move on to television, and we always start television with our trusty, reliable sports corner. And we start with sports corner this week with the end of an era for Clint Boyer, who I guess is a NASCAR driver. Yes. You don't have NASCAR on here, but you do have racing, so I assume. Yes, retired Clint Boyer, retired from racing. Yes, uh, and he's joining the booth crew, so he's going to be calling some NASCAR for you. Yes, uh, when they did the virtual racing, Clint Boyer was one of the announcers, so this fits right in with that. Yeah. I believe he's also been doing some announcing for the um, Dirt Series and, like, the D-League. Okay. So he, so this is a natural fit, a natural elevation for him. But, yeah. hey, this opens up a new driver for next season. Yeah, it does. And speaking of NASCAR, uh, you texted me excitedly that there was a Roval race this week. I know you love the Roval. I love the Roval. And it rained. Tell yeah. me about this rainy Roval. Um, so, speaking of the D-League... <laughs> and upcoming NASCAR names, Roval Rain on Red, on Rider Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saturday it rained in Charlotte, where the Roval is. Sunday was clear, but there were still some soggy parts in the uh, track, which definitely didn't have a whole lot of traction in all of it. But hey, Roval still <laughs> happened. We should mention for. People are not long-time listeners of the Media Boat Podcast. A Roval is a road oval. It is a special road track that they occasionally yes. race in NASCAR. Yes, it is only in Charlotte, um, South Carolina. And it is part road course and part oval course. <laughs> it's both. It's both. It's a Roval. Somehow, somehow it's a Roval. <laughs> All right. So uh, rainy but road NASCAR road. playoffs continue and they will end in September. Or, oh, sorry, November. It I was, was going to say September. September was the last month. Yeah. No. I, don't, I know what month we're in. But other sports happen. Most notably, basketball is over. The bubble has popped officially because our own Los Angeles Lakers have won the 2020 NBA championship. Yeah, they did. And people celebrated in the streets. Yes. One person was even seen in a literal bubble celebrating yeah. in the streets. <laughs> yeah. Because COVID be damned, people will celebrate a Lakers win in Los Angeles. 
um, no matter what happens. Um, also notable, this has kind of started up kind of something we kind of mentioned on this podcast briefly a couple weeks ago, the conversation about LeBron James, because this becomes, what, his fourth title? Yes, it's his fourth title. He did two in Miami, two in Cleveland, and one in with the Lake. No, one, two in Miami, one with Cleveland, and one with the Lakers. Four NBA titles. Yes. Um, yes, you've probably seen everyone asking on Twitter around that time, does this mm-hmm. make him the best basketball player ever? It's a conversation, I think, that that can happen now. Because you, you have a lot of people arguing, is four, four championships in 10 years better than a three-peat? Well, I have put this to bed that because he's no longer an if – in that category, I mean, yeah. he's definitely elevated that status. And because he did it with three separate teams, mm-hmm. and it's not like he was the supporting player on the, a team like Draymond Green, who also has three championships with three different teams. Mm-hmm. He was the centerpiece in those teams. Therefore, I think you can say he is better than Michael Jordan. There's conversation, certainly. I'm not an expert. I'm not somebody who looks at stats all day, so I can't tell you for sure, but it's definitely, yeah, I definitely think he's, he's definitely one of those. If you make a short list of the top 10 athletes, I think he's probably on there now. Well, it's a, if it, you usually measure this stuff because of championships from right. a level of, okay, you won a championship. You're the best in that season. He's able to do that with a different supporting cast. He is the main player in those. Yeah. In those teams. Yeah. And he made it to the playoffs, to the finals, eight out of the past ten years. And yeah. ended up winning three of them. It's four really them. impressive. Yeah, because he lost the first one in Denver. Four of them. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say he is probably the best around. <laughs> Jordan's going uh, to keep him down. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll, we'll see as the conversations continue. Yep. And his career uh, continues. He's not done. No. So, uh, but more to happen. Just don't let Jordan take it personal because he'll put 60 on you. <laughs> he'll take it personal. He will. All right, let's move on. Uh, right after uh, the championship, NBA commissioner Adam Silver informed league employees in a thank you letter that they are all receiving a $1,000 bonus and four Fridays off beginning October 30th, as well as Thanksgiving week for a job well done, I think. No, those are paid days off because there were zero positive COVID tests while the NBA bubble happened. That's impressive. I mean, seeing how baseball's gone, seeing how football is going, it's very impressive that they were able to get out with zero. Right. The only time they had a scare of a positive COVID test was in the one player on the Clippers right. went to go get wings. Yes. Don't leave the bubble. That's how right. But he had left the bubble for family engagement. Exactly. So. But while everyone was in the bubble, no one there got a positive yeah. test. Bubbles work, turns yep. out. That's what they proved. The bubble works. Excessive uh, supervision works, even for yeah. highly paid athletes. <laughs> Turns out. Uh, then lastly, uh, baseball chugs along, but we have some teams who are all vying for the finals here. 
We have the Dodgers and the Braves in the NLCS and the Astros and the Rays in the ALCS. Winner of those teams goes to the World Series. Can you imagine if it's Dodgers-Astros? Um, currently, both those teams are lo- losing this series. Oh, interesting. So, conversely, could you imagine watching a Braves raise? No, I can't imagine watching that. I don't want to watch that. I think no one wants to watch that, which means some voodoo trickery is going to have to happen for the Dodgers and hopefully not the Astros. Yeah, hopefully not the Astros. We'll see, but I feel, yeah, the more interesting game here is the, is the most interesting game here is the Astros-Dodgers, but probably not. But Right. It, it'll be, regardless, top off a weird, weird, weird year in baseball, for sure, no matter what happens. Well, to top off a weird, weird week in sports, last night we had Tuesday Night Football on CBS. Yes, yes we did. Tuesday night football. Soon there's that's soon the blank night football thing will have no meaning because at some point in history every night has had football on it. <laughs> like we're just gonna get to that point pretty soon here. Well, I mean when playoffs come around, it's Saturday night football and Sunday night football. See, there's already Thursday and Thursday night football, so we're whittling down the days. Wednesday and Friday, we're looking at you. You're next. <laughs> next on the chopping block. Yeah, high school football is owned to Fridays, but no longer. <laughs> Give it up to professionals. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's interesting. That, I mean, things are going to have to be moved around as we get more and more weirdness happening in the league. So. Yes. It's inevitable. Right. Anything else in sports before we move on to television news? Um, check your fantasy waiver wires. Okay. I guess that's it. I'll, I'll do that. All right. Okay, I've checked it. I don't have one, so that was very fast. You waved everybody? <laughs> yeah, I waved I waved everybody. I'm just not playing, it turns out. <laughs> um, now, this would be actually a perfect uh, segue into what I want to talk about TV, because it is sports-related. But I'll do what I'm supposed to do and wait until the end uh, when we talk about thoughts. So first, let's talk about television news, why don't we? What am I watching? Uh, I don't know what you're watching, but here's the news. <laughs> um, our first story is about HBO Max, Warner's answer to Disney+. Plus. Is uh, it an answer? If you're yelling into a void? Actually, I have been, I feel, so I have not actually watched a whole lot of my HBO Max account until recently where I've pulled it up to watch something. Oh, that's right. I forgot to say in movies. I did watch a movie. It's not released in 2020. Cats. I did watch 2019's Cats uh, and finally saw that ridiculousness. But we don't need to talk about that because that didn't come out this year. <laughs> uh, but what we can talk about is HBO Max, which is where you can watch Cats if you'd like to right now. Um, but anyways, what I was saying is I may not use that account that much, but my roommates and my uh, significant other apparently do all the time. So it's making up for the fact that I don't use it. So I had HBO Max through Time Warner. Time Warner recently forced us to upgrade our package. Oh. Because we were grandfathered into an old Time Warner package. I'm sorry, Spectrum. It's not Spectrum. Yes, it's not Spectrum. Because we were grandfathered in for five years, they said, that's enough. 
and they get an update uh, to our new package. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, when we did that, I no longer got HBO because it cost extra mm. due to it not being a part of HBO Max. So I no longer have HBO Max. Okay. And I don't really miss it because I've been filling my time with Peacock. Well, if you ever change your mind, I can just add you to mine. Okay. So just let me know. Um, but anyways, our story here is unfortunately about some changes on a corporate level that they've had to make with HBO Max as it continues on. Warner Media, which AT&T bought for $109 billion back in 2018, will be cutting thousands of jobs behind the scenes. The company issued a statement to the media saying that business will be organized to, quote, prioritize growth opportunities, unquote, with emphasis on direct consumer. Hey, it sounds, sounds a lot familiar. like Disney. That's exactly what Disney said. Uh, it will involve increased investments in priority areas and, unfortunately, reductions in others, they said. This means HBO Max is the centerpiece of AT&T's grand bet on content. Again, just like what Disney is doing. However, AT&T has reported HBO Max subscriber numbers only once with the when the service had a 4.1 million subscribers after about a month of, of, of service. So... It's been available for more than that, as you might guess. And we don't know how much the growth has increased or decreased over that course of time. This was after HBO Max had automatically signed up the 23.6 million customers who already get HBO through their pay TV providers. But only 5% of those people had actually downloaded the app itself. And how much is 5% of 23.6 million? That's thousands of people, as you might guess. It's literally 1 million. <laughs> <laughs> One million people. Uh, so, about three million subscribers, though, besides that, signed up on their own for the service. AT&T will report third quarter earnings on October 22nd, when it will presumably update HBO Max's subscriber count. The new mass layoffs and reduction of redirection of investment are a direct result of, of course, Disney Plus and Netflix growing their subscriber base during the pandemic. So they're making a huge, basically, the bottom line of the story is they're making a huge bet on HBO Max to continue growing. Though, we have evidence that suggests that maybe the growth is not as big as they want it to be. Right, and just like Disney did with Marvel and Warner Brothers did with DC, they'll once again be playing catch up to Disney. Yes, I can imagine this being a big story if they do say after the 22nd, yeah, this thing is, we're not growing. We're, we're stagnant on our existing, existing um, subscriber base. What do we need to do? And then what do they do? Do they put in a bunch of, get, grab a bunch of creative creators, get a bunch of new content, try to make original content the play? Or do they do something drastic to the service? I don't know. What do you do in this situation? I say you take down that dartboard that has a picture of Mickey Mouse's face that you just keep throwing <laughs> darts at constantly, and you need actual content people want to actually watch. Yeah. I think that your comparison that you made to Peacock is, I think, um, a good one to make, because I would also love to see how that's doing, especially with that also having the, the free arm and people not even having to pay for that one, I wanted, I'm very curious about how those two services stack up to each other because I don't know. I feel like NBC, uh, Universal had a lot more 
creative ideas behind the Peacock project than HBO Max seems to do behind theirs. I also think uh, NBC um, had a lot of content that people actually wanted to go back and watch. Yeah. Unlike HBO, HBO. looking at you, Game of Thrones. (laughs) Then, of course, the unspoken rival here is the soon-to-relaunch Paramount Plus, uh, which will take the existing CBS All Access and add a bunch of other uh, Viacom CBS properties to it. And so that's kind of the other question mark here is how does that, how is that going to stack up when that launches later this year? I am partially surprised Warner Media has not already at least put a passing bid into Paramount. <laughs> but CBS, or sorry, Viacom CBS may not want to give up that tool so quickly. No. I think, I think that they're going to try to be a fourth competitor here. I think you're going to see the, our new world is... Oh, which one is this on? Oh, is it on Paramount? Is it on Peacock or HBO or Disney? I don't remember. It's going to be that game. Right. Constantly. All right. Let's move on to our second story here, uh, which is about the continued existence of virtual conventions, because we've already talked about Comic-Con proper in San Diego, but what about the many other comic conventions that happen throughout? Well, we talked about DC Fandom. That too. Well, now we're talking about New York Comic Con, traditionally the second biggest after San Diego's. In place of their physical event, organizers Read Pop launched the online metaverse. Metaverse, metaverse. In order to try and be meta. Yes, very meta. Which would bring together events online from both New York Comic Con and the MCM London Comic Con. Metaverse offered us our first proper look at Hulu's Animaniacs reboot which is already slated for November, so next month. Yep, uh, this was their Jurassic Park reboot, remake, rip, poking fun at, uh, as they reanimated the Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister Dot. And it's up right now on uh, Hulu's YouTube channel, and it looks funny. Yeah, I... I'm very excited to see what they do with new Animaniacs. I think there's a lot of stuff that you can do with that format now. Um, Considering they will now have 20 plus years of pop culture to cover, there's a lot to cover. (laughs) A lot to cover. Um, Also coming to Hulu is Modoc, of course, based on the Marvel villain, uh, voiced by, hey, surprise Patton Oswalt. I love me a surprise Um, Patton Oswalt. I know you do, as one of several adult animations based on Marvel properties that were announced a few years ago, but are just now finally getting release dates. This also includes the Howard the Duck adaptation that was also announced years ago that disappeared into the development hell. Well, now it's good to know that these things finally are going to be released. Um, right. because, yeah, it just takes a long time to do animation. Well, that's what I had thought, but then I had read up on it. Apparently, the Howard the Duck show has been in the can for about a year and a half. Hmm. They had written all the scripts and had produced it, and just Hulu was dragging their feet. So now, finally, that Hulu's finally said, no, nah, we're doing it. We're actually doing these shows. So, well, they probably start for content. Yes. Hey. That might be why. <laughs> uh, Amazon Prime is getting into the adult comic-based animation world as well, with Indivincible, the adaptation of the comic series by The Walking Dead's creator, Robert Kirkman. 
Then the weekend of its European premiere, Cartoon Saloons, Tom Moore and Ross Stewart previewed their eagerly anticipated feature, Wolf Walkers. Uh, also, the team behind Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast gave fans a preview of the final season of the show, which is already out. It came out on Friday on Netflix. I have already seen the first two episodes of the, this final season. Good so far. Um, and then animated shows Archer and Primal also had their sneak peeks for, what, for what's coming to those shows on Adult Swim and FX. Right. So. Archer is currently running, so it gave a preview of what's happening the following season. And Primal, I think, starts up later this month. Yeah. So, yeah, a uh, lot of stuff happening in animation uh, and comics. So that's pretty exciting. I, like I said, I'm looking forward to Animaniacs. I'm looking forward to finishing Kipo. Kind of sad that this is it for the show. Uh, but I definitely want to know how they wrap up the story. Um, so, yeah, this is exciting news pretty much overall. Yep, it sounds good. I'm liking everything that came out of New York Comic Con. Even if it's virtual. Even virtual. All right. Thoughts time. We watched the television. We oh, watched a things. Yes. Uh, let me get the first thing out of the way because I dropped the hint at it and it's really... Yes. So like I said, I was going to watch some, a movie on Netflix. I was scrolling through it and I was like, uh, do I really want to watch a movie right now? <laughs> or do I want to just put something on TV? Do I just oh. want? Do I want to watch a movie, or do I want to watch people barbecue shit? Oh, I watch people barbecue shit. Sounds like uh, the American Barbecue Showdown is the newest yeah. competition on Netflix. All right, where it takes pit masters, uh, more specifically smoke masters. Oh, wrong pit. Oh. Different kind of smoke pit. and different kind okay. of smoke because <laughs> these are smoky barbecue pit masters going up uh, against each other in a what seems to be socially distanced barbecue event. I want to extend it recently and I wonder under COVID restrictions. I mean, they, they even shot the most recent British, British Bake Off uh, show in COVID restrictions. So yeah, shows are doing it. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm just making that note because it is interesting to see that them doing this completely outdoors, which you kind of have to for a smoking event. Yeah. Smoke inside, which is smart to do in a in a pivot. Uh, yeah. But all oh, these, everything they make looks so good and so delicious. Just makes me want to look up some barbecue joints around here and go get some. <laughs> I'm sure they do some pickup over here. Oh, I'm sure they do. But I mean, other than Stonefire Grill, I want like actual like Texas and Southern style barbecue because that's yeah. all they have. I mean, that seems like all their characters yeah. are filmed in Georgia. I mean, there's Lucille's Dickies, Lucille's Dickies, Wood Ranch. There's options. Oh, that's right. I have $100 to Lucille's to use. There you go. Gift cards. That's all. There. Problem solved. Right there. Get some apple butter biscuits. So last year at a Christmas party, there were two $50 Lucille's gift certificates being passed around. um, Doing the traditional, you know, third time is a freeze. So I... Lauded as they were <laughs> make sure that I got one to hold while my wife got the other one. To ah. hold. So we got both hundred dollars, both fifty dollars. See, see, the only problem right now that I've ran into with pandemic gift cards mm-hmm. is that the gift cards are for direct to the establishment. That sucks if you want to do delivery for uh, because the delivery is always through a third party. 
it's never direct. So unless the, the assignment does direct delivery, unless they do direct delivery. So you got to check before you do that because yeah, I have a, I have a $50 PF Chang's card. That's just gathering dust because I cannot use it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a you can go also, pick up. You can go pick it up. Yeah. But again, you'd have to do it directly to them. So I'd have to go there, put my order in the establishment and wait until it's done. If I really wanted to do that. Uh, which is, which is not ideal. Um, I also have $25 for AMC, AMC theaters, which I have no idea what I'm going to use. It's okay. I have a round trip uh, to Catalina Island <laughs> that I may not use this year. <laughs> who knows? Who can say, really? They should just extend, extend to the, the expiration for all of these things. Well, um, uh, from what I found out, as long as you have the gift cards directly from the establishment, and not through like a third party or like Groupon, they will honor it. Like there's no, yeah. they'll, we'll put an expiration date on it. Generally speaking. Generally yeah. speaking. Sorry. Anyways, we're talking about American barbecue showdown. Oh yeah. That's the reason I started with this first because it's barbecue and it's delicious and it makes me hungry when I watch it. And that's it. That's really That's it. all you can really ask for <laughs> in a show that's about yeah. cooking is do they make something look so mouthwatering that you really want it and they do a good job of it. Yeah, no, sounds amazing. I know what I want going. I know what I'm going to get out of it going into it, and it can't deliver. Not like can it deliver the food to me, but yeah, I was going to say you wish it could deliver. To I you. wish they could deliver to me Willy Wonka style, just reach the <laughs> TV and grab it. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, if only, maybe that technology will happen someday. Mm. Some billionaire Willy Wonka will invent it, maybe, possibly. Yes. Some someday. Just gotta, so sacrifice some kids first. Mm, I don't know. Mm, okay. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> you also finished, as you've been talking about the last couple of weeks, finish the boys on Amazon. Yes. As I alluded to in last week's podcast, which you can now check out on Spotify. Yes. We mentioned that. Yes. <laughs> uh, that I will be finishing up the boys this upcoming week. Yes. And so it's done. The series, season two as wrapped, and I eagerly await season three and where they're going to go. Um, real briefly here, I'll give you my thoughts on it. Uh, season two is all about family. Uh, what makes a family? Can you repair a broken family? If a family is built on lies, how does that affect those familial relations? When everything you know is a lie and the, the walls come crumbling down, do you respect those people who built those walls? What do you do? How do you approach that? And where do you find that solace and comfort of a family that you're looking for? How does this compare? So a lot of these plot points you're mentioning right now remind me of kind of what you were talking about with The Last of Us Part Two. Mm -hmm. um, does it kind of cover similar ground? It covers some ground, um, but whereas Last of Us Part Two felt more about revenge against those people who wronged your family. Yeah. This does tend to go there, but not so much action and blood, but rather the action and blood kind of just happens along with it. And boy, is there a lot of action yeah. and blood with it. Because I was going to say, like, as far as I know, the show is pretty gory. So. Oh, it is gory. Um, there's, yeah. I mean, one of the plot points is that characters' heads will just explode yeah. and blood goes everywhere. Yeah. 
which does provide a surprising twist on how they did that. Oh, okay. Spoiler. Uh, no, not spoiler, but also spoiler. Not spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. Spoiler, maybe. Spoiler. Uh, but yeah, it's. I'd say this kind of trends more into uh, the past season where I was talking about F is for Family. Where okay. they were in Ephesus for family, when your family broke down, where do you seek other people to kind of build those familial walls? I saw that in here in The Boy Season 2, where people and characters tried to find family resemblance within one another characters. I see. Except okay. in a less comedic and overt <laughs> purpose. And a completely different genre. Yes. Completely different genre, but same uh, themes of family. But yeah, you, you enjoy that show still still working for you? Uh, this kind oh, of no. alternative take on um, a superhero story? Yes, I like it, but I am still very weary of it because of all the what feels like unnecessary bloodshed. Yeah. But that is kind of their gimmick to get you to keep watching. It's what they it's their do. Their thing, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's basically what I've heard. It seems like even the people who enjoy the show are just like, yeah, it's not all necessary. Like the violence isn't super necessary. It's just like window dressing for the actual plot that it's trying to, the actual story that's trying to say. Right. Okay. It's fine. But you also hey. watched the show. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. In fact. Because you alluded to last week as well, that yes. you were finishing up a show. I finally uh, caught up all the way, finished all 10 episodes of Ted Lasso on a Apple TV+. And I truly think that, I hope this thing does not get slept on, because it is one of the better comedies I've seen in a long, long time. I think it nailed the landing, and I think that from start to finish, there is some great stuff in this show. I think, like the combination of really great joke writing with really likable and well-written characters and actual emotional like heart like puts it up there for me with like a lot of the stuff that the good place was doing it's like that level of quality which i did not expect going in um it managed they managed to finish up the the season by like really endearing you to everyone. Like, everyone is super, super likable in the show. Uh, you care about the relationships between these characters as they kind of go in and out of each other's lives. And they manage even the finale to make the sports stuff interesting. <laughs> so the thing is, is for the most part, the, the, the soccer has been actually kind of like, kind of like the gore and the boys window dressing for these stories about the characters that are in the team. But by the time with the, the finale happens, it makes you care about the fate of the franchise. It makes you care about the final game that the, the football team, the fo football team. See, I've watched too much of the show. The soccer team has to play uh, to, to win or lose and that to decide their future in the league. And it's really, really well done. It, like for somebody who's not like, you know, sports movies, sports television shows, they're fine, but I've never been like really into it. It made me care, and it made me really interested in the fate of the team. So, it, like I said, nailed the landing. I think the finale was really, really surprisingly good. Uh, the episode going into the finale also 
straight up could be their Emmy, uh, Emmy submission. It's that good. I think that mm. top to bottom, the show is stellar. I think that it's going to get slept on because a lot of people don't have access to Apple, Apple TV, Apple TV plus. Um, but come Emmy time next year, I mean, that's a long time in the future because the Emmys just happened. Uh, but I think that this is something I hope that gets looked at because it's definitely going to be on my top five for the year. I really, really enjoyed Ted Lasso. Do you think Jason Sudeikis gets more roles because of this? I definitely think it opens him up to a lot of opportunities because he has a surprisingly dramatic turn in this thing. You, from the beginning, you're thinking, okay, this is just funny like Jason sudeikis role for him to play, which is just like a super positive, goofy dude. But they do, like I said, there is an emotional heart to this show that does let him kind of explore the a different, different versions of that character as the show go, goes on, especially towards the end. There is a dramatic turn. There is some real, real deep stuff that they do to try to tackle with the character that I, again, did not expect going into this thing. It does that Netflix-style pivot towards the end of the season where you're like, oh, this stuff is going serious, which is something you can do now in the streaming era and something you see a lot in the streaming era is like episodes one through seven are all fun and games, but episode eight through ten, shit goes down. And mm -hmm. this is one of those examples where it definitely is, does go down. Uh, I really enjoyed this thing. I think you, like I keep saying, I think you would really enjoy this because it's sports, it's it's comedy, it's but it's also prestige. It's kind of three things in, mixed up into one, which is really good. Right. Uh, good I mentioned that once I'm able to broadcast it to an Xbox or a PlayStation, yeah. I'll be able to watch it. In the meantime, though, I should probably just give you my login so you can watch it in a browser because I really do think you need to watch this. Okay. We'll talk it's about digestible. that post-podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's digestible. It's only 10 episodes for the first season. They're not that long. They're about 30 minutes per. Uh, and, you, and the tone, it, even though it does get serious, the tone is light enough through most of it that it's a pretty breezy watch. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, it's, it's great. I really, really, really enjoyed my time with it. Uh, just real quick, as I mentioned, I also uh, keep O uh, season three the final season is now available on Netflix. So that is out now, if that's something that you uh, have been watching and you want to finish up. So I'll talk more about that when I finish it very soon. And lastly in TV, uh, we mentioned last week that Morgan Whalen was not the musical guest for yes. SNL this past week. Well, they were able to pivot with two days notice to Jack White. Yeah, Jack White they ended up being on there. Yep. Did you watch that? I did. Well, because Bill Burr is a prominent comedian. Yeah, I heard some things about his parents. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was funny. Okay. Um, okay, so they're still doing it. Yep. And everyone still got paid in that audience. <laughs> Love a gift card. All right. Let's talk about cancellations and renewals, finally. Right. What am I no longer watching? You're no longer watching On Becoming a God in Central Florida, as after one season that's been canceled over at Showtime. It did get announced for a second season, but, but not filming, not no pre-production, canceled. Yep. Apple TV Plus is bringing back Dickinson for a third season. Uh, Netflix has canceled The Magic Order before it even premiered. Yep. That's a Total big goose. Zero, zero seasons. seasons. <laughs> That's the first time I think you've done that. 
No, I, I think I did that before. Zero was canceled something before it got started. Yeah, and uh, this one's not a cancellation, but instead a reload. Uh, Greece colon Rise of the Pink Ladies, uh, of course, based on Greece, uh, is getting moved from HBO Max over to Paramount Plus. That was originally titled Greece colon Rydell High. Oh, and got okay. renamed to Rise of the Pink Ladies. Yeah, because none of things are rising anymore. No, no, I agree. Need more things are rising. Um, next up, we have deaths. Just a, a few, few ones here this week, or just two actually. Uh, Whitey Ford, age ninety-one. If that name sounds familiar to you, he's a Hall of Fame baseball player. Played for the Yankees. Won the Cy Young Award in nineteen sixty-one. World Series champion on that team in 1950, 53, 56, 58, 61, 62. Back the first time when the Yankees were dominant in the league. Uh, second time they were dominant in the league. Sorry, second time they were dominant. You forget, <laughs> first time was back in the 1920s when there were only yeah. six teams in baseball. Before my time. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, yes, White Ford, uh, amazing pitcher, well-known pitcher, yeah. 91 years. That's a long time to live. Oh, yeah. And uh, next up, Conchata Farrell, age 77. Actress in Two and a Half Men, Edward Scissorhands, Network, and Mr. Deeds, among other roles. So there you yeah. go. Uh, Emmy-nominated actress for her role, supporting actress role in Two and a Half Men. There you go. All right, that does it for television. That means I toss this over to you. We just talk about some music. And we always start music with the billboard. And we start the billboard with the Hot 100. And your yes. hottest song in the land is Savage Love, Laxed Siren Beat <laughs> by Jawish 685 Jawish. Jason Derulo X <laughs> BTS. So this is a remix um, of, uh, of the song Savage Love. Laxed Siren Beat is, I believe, the name of the remix version. And yes, um, this probably became your number one song thanks to the power of BTS. And solely on BTS because they have an army behind them. But I do love the name Josh because it makes me imagine Goofy saying the name Josh. That's how he would say it. Josh. Well, especially since um, GIF is now GIF. (laughs) GIF is now GIF. It's now Gosh. Gosh. Anyways. Gosh, sure. But we're not done with BTS on this list. Uh, no, as they are the number two song as well. Dropping down from number one last week, Dynamite for BTS. I've heard this finally, and it's fine. I don't love it. It's okay as K-pop songs go. I've heard better. But it's a K-pop song, so it's Dynamite. It's all, it is entirely in English, which is interesting. Uh, but but yeah, it's it's not their best. It's not the best BTS song I've ever heard. At number three is WAP. <laughs> Still Weird there. Al personality. <laughs> sure. By Cardi B featuring Megan the Stallion. Okay. And number four, Mood by 24 Karat Golden featuring Ian <laughs> e Dior. Yeah. You dropped the I E, I'm out, dropping the E. I did find out that that is a TikTok thing. Um, I had that confirmed to me over this past week. Okay. And at number five, Laugh Now, Cry Later by Drake, featuring Lil Dirk. 
small dark and not listed here, but want to make a note of it. Dreams. <laughs> uh, speaking of TikTok songs, yes. Dreams by Fleetwood Mac <laughs> yes. has made the, the top 100. Thanks to that dude. Years. Yes, thanks to the skateboarding dude with the ocean spray. Yes. yes. Can, yeah. <laughs> I still don't get it. It's funny. I don't know. He's vibing. I don't get it. He's just, he's just vibing. There's nothing to get. He's just having but, a good day. Just listening to Fleetwood Mac. I was waiting for something to happen, and then nothing happened. No, that's it. That's all there is to it. He's just vibing. Maybe I don't vibe enough to understand it. <laughs> you just, you just aren't, you know, you're not feeling it. You just need to be like that guy, grow out a mustache like him. And... No, I'm halfway there. Yeah, you're, you're, you're getting there. All right. All right. Uh, anyways, let's move on to the Billboard 200, your albums chart. At number one, Savage Mode 2 by 21 Savage and Metro Boomin'. Yeah. At number two, The Album by Blackpink. Yep. I think that's its debut there. Yes. Um, all of these are debuts this week, except for the Pop Smoke record at number three. Because at number three, it's Shoot for the Stars, Aim for yes. the Moon by Pop Smoke. Yes. At number four, My Life for Hunted by YG. And at number five, A-N-N-I-V-E-R-S-E-R-Y by Bryson Tiller. That's anniversary, but spaced out between every letter. Which is why you have to spell it out. Yes. Like bananas. <laughs> Just like bananas. Yes, exactly like bananas. Yeah, but what if I don't want to listen to any of that? Well, if you don't listen to any of that, we have new releases. Hey! Uh, we have The Hustle Continues by Juicy J. Yeah, yes. that Juicy J. That Juicy J? <laughs> yeah, he's still around. What's that boss he's doing? Um, I don't know. Trying to distance from her Katy Perry, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, that's the last I heard of Juicy J. <laughs> yeah, same, actually. Uh, we also have Away Is Mine by Gord Downey. That's a posthumous release. He passed away. Uh, speaking of things that passed away, Disco 4, <laughs> colon, colon, part one. Yes, I don't understand that name either. By Health. That's all caps. It's all caps, but Health. Health. Uh, we also have Sundowner by Kevin Morby. Metamorphosed by OCs. <laughs> uh, Cutting Grass, Volume 1. The Butcher Shop Sessions by Sturgill Simpson. That is a country album. Yes. <laughs> Cutting Grass is a country album. <laughs> I mean, as much as you can call Sturgill Simpson a country artist, he's more like an alternative country artist. Right. But, but yeah. Um, an eclectic mix of releases this week. A little something for everybody. <laughs> yeah, we say that a lot, but especially this week. Yep. So are you listening to any of these? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> not everybody, then. Anyway. Anyways, let's uh, get into some music news. Two follow-up stories this week in music. Oh, love me some follow-up stories. Especially when they evolve the chain smokers. <laughs> So, a rep for the 
New York State Department of Health has walked back a comment from Governor Andrew Cuomo in which he stated that the promoter of a controversial, non-socially distanced chain smoker concert that was held in the Hamptons in New York over the summer will be fined $20,000 for violating public health law. The rep clarifies that the department, quote, has charged in the no experiences. In the no experiences, which is the name of this company. Has charged in the no experiences. The concert promoter involved in the July concert in Southampton, featuring the band, the Chainsmokers, with violating the public health law and is seeking $20,000 in fines for holding a non-essential gathering and failure to enforce mask wearing. Now, we've talked about this. We said this was dumb. We said this was stupid. Who's going to pay to go to Chainsmokers at this time? And yet they did it, and yet people went. And sure enough, they're getting fined for it, as they should. Makes well, sense. Yes, but, you know, I, I think the chain smokers can afford $20,000. Well, it's not the chain smokers. That's right, key. it's not the chain smokers. It's, it's, the, it's promote, the promoter company, the right, company that the promoted know. the event. Which makes sense, because you'd, the chain smokers were just invited there, and they did their job. They showed up and they performed. It's not their responsibility for the... Uh, for the, uh, for the like venue talk- to... Yeah. Say people distance. We talked a little bit about this with the Smash Mouth thing as well, where it was only until Smash Mouth dude said something dumb, which is where he actually was the problem. Besides that, it's the promotion, it's the existence of the event and who put the event on is the main problem because they need to be wrangling the people. They need to make sure that there's that the, the attendees are following precautions. And in both cases they were not. Right. I think you will see some events probably hold back because of this. Because I can yeah. only assume that this $20,000 is sent as a warning to other yeah. uh, venue promoters. But of course, as we're finding out in October, uh, the nearly the seventh month of this pandemic, is that uh, if you want to do any of this stuff, just do it in Florida because there ain't no rules there. Yep. Unfortunately. Nope. Unfortunately. Ain't no laws when you're yeah. in Florida's claws. In Florida, okay, all right. You could have just said Florida, but okay. <laughs> no law in Florida. There you go. Well, oh, so you, you gotta draw the law, except you add the yeah. S. Yeah. Laws in Florida. Anyway. Yes, I didn't want to go there. <laughs> but thank you for going there. <laughs> now I want a claw. That sounds good. Anyway. Anyways, um, in Close other. Yeah follow-up news. Yes. Uh, remember when Megan the Stallion was involved in a shooting? Yes, she was involved in a shooting. That is the correct legal way to say it. Yes, because <laughs> Tori Lanes was charged Thursday yes. with assaulting a woman who is obviously Megan the Stallion, per yeah. information by the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office. He faces the possible maximum sentence of 22 years and eight months in yeah prison, according to the announcement. While Megan is not identified by name, all of the other details line up with the July 12th incident in which she is claimed Tory Lanez fired a gun at her as she exited the car in which they had been traveling, resulting in injuries to her feet 
that required surgery. Quote, the rap artist known as Tory Lanez has been charged and assaulting and assaulted with assaulting and assaulting. I'm an ass for this. <laughs> Quote, the rap artist known as Tory Lanez has been charged with assaulting a female friend in the Hollywood Hills earlier this year. The Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office announced today. The announcement reads. Yeah, so this is just confirmation of what Megan said herself after this event occurred. Whoa! <laughs> As your camera just falls over. Yes, I think I said uh, assaulting a little too much there. Yes, you got assault. You assaulted your camera. Um, so yeah, this just confirms that Megan was not was not lying uh, when she was like, "No, it was Tory Lanez. He was there." Like we all knew from the report, police report, that he was there, but he had denied that he was the person who actually did it. Well, sure enough, they have determined that he was the person with the gun. He was the person who shot the gun, and thus is responsible for Megan Thee Stallion's injuries. Do you know that if the district attorney is bringing charges, it usually means that they have enough evidence to yeah. a conviction for yes. a conviction. Yes. So, convicts. so yeah, it looks like, um, it looks like Tory Lanez will be away for at least some time. I don't know if he'll make the maximum, but, um, but yes, he will definitely do some jail time for this. And you know what, bro, it, you know, uh, you know, I, you know, Feelings about prison aside, I'm glad that he's doing, you know, getting some sort of, um, taking some sort of responsibility for this. Um, but yeah, it sucks to be Megan Thee Stallion, though. I think she's the one hurt by, most by all this. Well, at a maximum of 22 years, the earliest he would get out is 2043. Yeah! Can't imagine he's going to release a lot of albums while he's in there. Well, not by himself. <laughs> anyway anyways in a last bit of music news we have to say goodbye to a platform that has brought so many yeah, free albums of. to people sort of sort of uh, it was announced this past week that Google Music will be shutting down by the end of the year yeah which means you have to migrate anything that is on there to YouTube Music. Yes. Uh, Google owns both, of course, uh, the, the, uh, the existing music service as well as YouTube, so they decided just to put everything under one roof, which have, they've chosen the YouTube branding over the Google Play brand, uh, which is probably smart because most people probably do go to YouTube for uh, music already. So this is smart in a way, but yes, it is, uh, it is like a good PSA for people. If you do have stuff over on Google Play, you're going to have to migrate. Yes, um, you will have to use youtube.music.com backslash transfer. Specifically that website in order to do it, because if you try to go straight to YouTube Music and say connect, it yeah. will not figure it out, because I spent mm -hmm. probably two hours trying to say, hey, do this, make the connection, I have the <laughs> account. Yeah, not fun. But it's dumb. Yeah. Yep. Uh, someone's at my door. Someone is at your door, it's true. Yes, I know exactly who it is, and they're not supposed to be here yet. <laughs> How dare Go you? away! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can even pause the recording, but yes, I can. And we should say 
rest in peace, Google Music, I guess, maybe. Yeah, it was no one, I feel like it was no one's favorite. I mean, it did get me the Frozen album for free and the Awesome Mix album for free and Linkin Park's album for free. There was a period of time there where, yeah, you could reliably get free stuff from it, which was nice. But Yes, but now I have Spotify and YouTube Music, which is semi-free, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you still have to pay for this. Yeah, but uh, just, yeah, word of PSA, if you have anything on Google Music, like anything owned or anything downloaded, you need to transfer it before the end of the year. Otherwise, it will go away. One of the few yeah. things that Google will delete. Yeah. But you also listened to something this week. Oh, I listened to something this week. And then I wondered why I listened to something this week. <laughs> because oh, I, no. because as I alluded to last week, I listened to Skeletons, the new album by Brothers Osborne. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that I only really liked one song from Brothers Osborne. <laughs> yeah. And with this album, none of them sounded like that one song. So oh, no. I was like, wait. Why do I like Brothers Osborne? Do I like <laughs> Brothers Osborne? This sounds nothing like I would think of Brothers Osborne. And so I realized that no, it was probably just the one song that I liked, and I just really don't like Brothers Osborne that much. Fair enough. So, yeah, I'm just gonna keep that short. It's I didn't like it. <laughs> it's fine as a country album, yeah. but I was expecting like a country hard rock album, and it was not. I that. did not get that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a skip. Sounds it's a like. skip for me because it, it didn't hit what I was looking for. And I think it seems very middling of the road of just a regular country album. So they better hit hard with a third album because <laughs> that's not going to cut it in the country music world. Yeah, you hear that, Brothers Osborne? You're on notice. Yeah. This is a warning. Next time, third strike, you're out. Next time, bring it. <laughs> Next time, bring in bonus, bonus brother. <laughs> bonus Osborne. <laughs> What's the bonus Jonas doing? Borrowed <laughs> in. Anyway. Anyways, let's move right along to our last category as we wrap things up. Yes. So smoothly into video games. We yes, start let's talk with, about. We start with upcoming new releases, mm-hmm. including Age of Empires 3, colon, Definitive edition for the PC. Yep. They finally done it. They finished converting all of the Age of Empires games. <laughs> the ones that people care about. I actually don't know if they made a four. They may have made a four. I assume they just constantly make those out. Just pump them out like Ubisoft. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have Amnesia colon Rebirth for the PlayStation and PC. NHL 21 for the PlayStation and Xbox. It's hockey, hockey time. Season. It's hockey time. It's hockey just ended. Hockey's over, but you can still play hockey. Yep. We also have Mario Kart Live, colon, home circuit for the Switch. Yeah. This is the RC go-kart on your Switch yes. game. Yes, this is the one that comes with one cart, uh, $100. Yep. And lastly, the game I'll be picking up this week, the game most people will be picking up this week, the game I'm just going to call one of game of our years, maybe. <laughs> Early. Already calling it. Already calling it shot. Jackbox Party Pack 7 for the PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. More Jackbox games. Yes, and this one has Quiplash 3, which we talked about last week, which is why I 
probably going to get it and probably going to play a lot of it. Yeah, it looks like a good package this year. Yep. Oh, it's definitely a good package. A good jackbox package. Yeah, I don't want to think about your package. Moving on. Okay, let's get into some video game news then. Just a couple uh, quickies. A little quickies. As Rockstar Games, yes, those Rockstar Games, yeah. has bought another studio into its ever-growing family. And this time in the form of Crackdown 2 developer Ruffian Games. The news was announced via a press release from Rockstar's parent company, Take-Two Interactive, which also confirmed that the Crackdown 2 developer will now operate under the name Rockstar Dundee. The 40-person team is based out of Dundee, Scotland. In the statement, Rockstar founder Sam Hauser said that, quote, the Ruffian team are a talented addition to Rockstar's global studios, and we look forward to working together on future projects. Good pickup. Yeah, I mean, they haven't done a whole lot of stuff since Crackdown 2, which is why I think it's really funny that that's what they cite here. That game is almost a decade old. It's so old. Crackdown 3 was delayed, canceled, came back, released, forgot about. (laughs) Yep, pretty much. Um, But this makes sense as a a buy for them because they're local. Uh, Rockstar uh, North is also a Scottish studio. So it would make sense that they would just gobble them up, just be like, hey, you guys are us now. Sweet. Do you think they put them on the next GTA game? Uh, I mean, it depends on what the next GTA game is, right? Like, I could see them doing support work. Uh, They have experience doing open world games. So it could definitely be a, like a nice like extra addition uh, to work on open world stuff for them. Okay. Yeah. 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 This will be an interesting move for Ruffian yeah. Games. Makes sense. Yeah, it's good. And lastly, in video game news, something that's close to yours, ours, Media Boat's minds right now? We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Genshin Impact. Yeah. The game we talked about last week. Yeah, people are asking um, some questions about what it might look like on next generation platforms. Well, maybe, because Genshin Impact's next gen plans don't include Xbox Series X, at least for now. Yeah. In an interview with IGN Japan, a MiHoYo, that's the company, yeah. a spokesperson detailed how Genshin Impact in its current state is just the beginning of the game's post-launch content roadmap. Quote, we will continue developing even more content and gameplay while also releasing updates and optimizations. So the product that goes online isn't the final version, but rather the first step. Those upgrades will expand the world of Genshin Impact by adding new characters to the current 20-count roster and will, as well as new missions specific to characters, a third city, in addition to Mondstadt and Liu, and new side quests. So this free game is getting expansions. Yeah, it's just going to keep big, getting bigger and bigger and have more stuff in it um, that you have to roll for with currency. Uh, but besides that, uh, there's going to be more. Um, but the big question is, why isn't there an Xbox version of this thing? I mean, it is kind of a strange emission. Well, like we said, it's on mobile. 
Well, if it's on the PC, it should be available to the Xbox. You would think. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Is it's, It seems like a weird omission. I wouldn't su- be surprised if maybe they are just waiting for Series X for this. Or Series S slash X. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just weird that it's not on there. But it's cool that they're going to continue building it. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, it's so nice. Speaking of. We're going to talk a little bit more about Genshin Impact. So yeah, I talked about it last week. Talked about my experience. Yes, you up talked until it up about, last week. I, I my experience up until about maybe uh, adventure level like fifteen. So I'm at adventure level twenty now. Okay. Uh, and I understand that you have given it a try. Yes, yes, I have. All right. Wait, so. wait who told you? <laughs> I think you texted me about it uh, off pod. Um, so. Tell me how your experience with the game has been so far. I am also around level 20. Wow, you went fast. <laughs> um, wait, uh, I'm at, I'm at a little bit past 16 because I can do co-op now. Okay, cool. I think I'm at 18. We'll have to try that sometime this weekend or something. Right, so I'm at 18. And you are spot on with your thoughts last week. It yeah. is definitely Breath of the Wild-esque in a very anime-style <laughs> yeah. uh, setting. But then with like a bunch of other stuff like piled on top of it. Yeah, I was playing this with the doctor watching and she was surprised that, wow, all this is free content. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's just a free game and it keeps going. It's intimidating. It's kind of like when you jump into Destiny free to play and you never played it before. There's Mm -hmm. actually surprising a lot to do. And this probably even has more than Destiny does. Right. I mean, I just keep doing the side quests and the open world quests. Um, I'm right now able to go to, I have Geo, I think, unlocked. And so I'm on my way to the next statue because I completed everything there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of slowly working my way down. I did see you uh, unlocked more characters than I did because I'm still stuck at four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ended up rolling for uh, enrolling and getting um, a couple of the really good characters. I also got, as part of an event, I got the idol character Barbara. Um, so she was completely free to me. They just gave her to me. So yeah, I'm sitting on about seven, six or seven characters now. Okay, I'm still stuck with the base four. I haven't rolled yeah. for anything yet. The game really opens up once you start. Um, I mean, I would actually recommend just doing some rolls. Uh, do the, the one that's 8 for 10, because you get some of that currency t- just given to you. Don't worry about spending it. Like, trust me. Like, you're going to get stuff that you're going to use, like characters, if you just, just throw some, some Prima Gems at it. So right. I re- The one I'm looking at getting is probably Venti, because you can just create a whirlwind immediately. Venti's pretty rad. I don't have Venti, but I played Venti in the demo thing that they let you play Venti yeah. in. Um, and he seemed all right, but like, I already have a bow character that I really, really like. Uh, well, I was playing Amber a lot, really, at the beginning, because I, I like bow and arrows. I like ranged characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I got uh, this character named Fischl, yes, like Danielle Fischl, except <laughs> without the E. Uh, <laughs> she's like this German girl with a bird, and her her special is she throws her bird out, and the bird like does like damage while you're also back with your bow shooting electric bow shots so i've really gotten to like her character so i'm like do i need another 
uh, bow, like ranged character? No, not really. So I, I'm not really super hyped on getting Venti, but I'll get him eventually. Yeah, I did the same thing I always do, which is I hoard everything and then level yes. everyone up like seven, eight levels at a time. That's what I did until I was about adventure rank, like probably where you're at right now. Then I started doing my roles and then I started doing uh, just leveling everybody up to 20 to get them to ascend. Oh, I ascended uh, everybody already, except for okay. the, the witch, because I'm missing, like, those red orbs or whatever. Of Lisa. Yeah, Lisa's not... I didn't like Lisa. I don't like her powers. I only like her for the element. That's it. But again, that's why Fischl is great, because she has the electricity and she's bow and arrow. Ah, okay. So that would look great for me, then. That's exactly, what I'm looking yeah, for. That's why Fischl's my favorite right now. I'm pretty much rolling with her most of the time. And then I've got the spear lady who's fire. So I've replaced Amber completely. I don't need Amber anymore. Mm -hmm. And I still have the main character. I like her wind abilities. I haven't actually unlocked the Geo for her. It's uh, the statue. You, you just have to talk with the statue and then you switch it. Yeah, I guess I haven't done that yet. Is it a, is it a quest? Because I haven't gotten- No, no, yet. you just go to the Geo statue. Oh. When you talk to it, it's not the first. The first option is to like give it the the stones oh. or whatever. Right below it, you switch it out to the. That's what that does. Okay, I did find that thing, and I saw that it was like interact with because yeah, one one of the side characters like tells you, leads you there and like tries to explain it, and I was just like I glossed over when he was trying to. Yeah, explain it can, what he so did. it takes over your yeah. wind ability. It's not like you keep both. Right. Replace. It gives you the earth ability, GM. but you can go back to the wind statue and get your wind ability back. Okay, I'm probably not going to do that because I have a geo character already. I have this uh, heavy sword lady named Noel, um, but. I don't know. I might, I might check it out just to unlock that. But yeah, where I'm at right now is, so I'm on the precipice. I just need two more adventure levels to get to the next world, to Liyu. I'm about to go to Liyu. And so pretty much all of my missions are over there, and I can't do any of them until I unlock the one big story mission that lets me in there. Except I have to get to 23 to do that, so I need two whole more levels. Uh, which is, my, I think, my least favorite thing about the game. Um, so far is when it locks your progress. It does the thing that did you ever play Saints Row 1 or 2? Yes. Where it's like, oh, you can't do another story mission until you get to a certain thing. It does that thing yeah. and I hate it. Yeah, I, 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 that when I, hit, I hit that because I hit, I finished all the quests at like 12 and it said you can be 16 to do the yes. next thing. That was the first time I had Yeah, I was like, okay, uh, I just went and explored more of the land, just opened more of the chests, and that did it? Yeah, it does. It does it eventually. It just takes so long because the way, the only good way to raise those levels is by doing quests. So if you use But if you quests, run out of quests to do... There's only so many treasure chests you can find. And yes, the common chests regenerate every day, but it's still not enough mm -hmm. like to really raise that thing. And you can find the... Um, the items in the world that'll do like 150 to 250 like a per at the statues but they're just not that like I don't find them all the time I don't right. know where most of them are and I'm not going to look it up so what I was really happy with is when they introduced the daily missions uh, because as soon as that I was like okay thank god I have something to do when I log back in mm -hmm. so that's that's nice of them to do that yeah, that's nice it also gives yeah. you a reason to log back in 
Yeah, and I do recommend going, uh, if you do run out of missions, uh, one cool thing I found out, just walk around the town in Mondstadt and talk to everybody. And every once in a while, somebody will have a quest for you. Like the you can do that in both cities. I've walked around yeah. and um, seen people in the city in Ge yeah. where the Geo statue is just give yeah. up random quests. And I just got a random one just, uh, just last time at, at the end of my last session at the winery too. Like behind the winery, like there were just some people chatting and they were like, they, one of them gave me a mission. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm still having a lot of fun with that thing. Um, I'm really excited to see the next location because from what I hear on the internet is it's even better once you unlock the second place. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'm ready. Right, and I mean, the thing that is, this game is free and there's so much to do for a free game. Yeah, I still haven't spent any money, but honestly, I'm thinking about it, and not because I want to roll a lot of stuff, but I'm thinking about, like, I just want to give money to these developers because they made something that I would have been happy to spend $60 on. Right. And this is a year where I spent $60 on Last of Us Part Two and immediately regretted it. So, like, if that's, you know, it also kind of almost feeling bad about Mario Collection, too, where I'm like, I've played so little of that now, I'm like, I spent sixty dollars on that too, and I'm playing this free thing way more than either of them. Right. So I'm like, mm, I didn't really spend my money wisely this year, <laughs> but here we are. That's video games in 2020 for you. Um, the, the free stuff's better than the paid stuff, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, do you think you're going to stick with it? Do you think you're going to play more of it? I will definitely stick with it because unlike games that I have been playing in the past, like. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts or like Borderlands 3 or any yeah. of the Call of Duty alphas, that this is more relaxful and peaceful. <laughs> yeah. And the at the attacks or the um, like the combat counters yeah. in combat is few and far between, but just between enough to where if I seek it out. I can get yeah. attack, 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 attack yeah. with enough time to relax between the big boss counters. Yeah, I have noticed that is that the, the enemy distribution is never overwhelming. It's mm -hmm. never something you can't handle. They're always in groups of three or four and you can get it done. And then it takes a little, a few minutes to find another enemy group, which is great. Because mm -hmm. like, and then you start remembering, oh, there's a camp over here with these dudes. I know there's one of those big guys over there. So I'm mm -hmm. going to stand back. I'm going to shoot a few arrows that way. Maybe I'm going to bring in my water idol and like make them have the wet effect so that way my electricity does more damage. It's really good setup for these little combat puzzles. And I think if there were more enemies than there are, I think it wouldn't be as fun. I think you're right. I think there's a yeah. balance. There's a balance to it so that way you can engage when you want to engage. Right. And I think levels are appropriately leveled in yeah. the time you encounter them. So yeah, I was really happy actually. So at first when the thing, the game just warned me just now, because it was like when I got to adventure level 20, it's like your world level has also gone up. And apparently when that happens, everybody is pumped up by 10 levels. So there's no more level ones, level fours now in my world. Everybody is minimum level 10. Okay. So at first I was like, oh, that's not great because what if I want to like start and like, what if I want to level somebody up organically from from one they're not going to be able to they're not going to have a good time but then in actual practice i'm not using any of those other characters that are still level one so i haven't really encountered it oh i i've abandoned organic leveling up and just straight yes. doing the scrolls right. 
the books. I think the game wants you to do that because I was initially like, I was initially like, I'm not going to do that. But then I basically learned, oh, there is no penalty. Because the thing about like that I've been trained to do in other RPGs, like say Pokemon, mm -hmm. is that the automatic leveling is always bad because your stats aren't as good. In this game, though, the stats are as identical if you level up normally or if you level up from the scrolls. So you might as well use the scrolls. It's right. Kind of well, see, there I leveled up to where like oh, 19, so I can still get the level experience because that's what yeah. I don't want to go to waste. And then yeah. I realized, oh wait, I can ascend. So everyone asc ascend past 20. I can just still use them. Yeah. So I think I think my highest, I think Fischl's at 38. I think everybody else is hovering around 20. I just haven't touched both scrolls since. Yeah. So I got everyone about 26. Okay. But just because I, I rolled the same four and keep them all even. But if I'm going to roll for yeah. new people, I think, yeah. Yeah, I use Fischl so much that I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of have been ignoring everybody else, which is not great. I just like the ranged combat in this game a lot more than the up, up close and personal stuff. It's just not as fun to me, whereas I really enjoy like, pit, like shooting from a distance and getting headshots. Yeah, I've been using a lot of the magic, just magic, switch character, magic, switch character, yeah, magic, switch character, magic, switch character, <laughs> pound, 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 because by then they're yeah. at least halfway done. Yeah, the spear lady I have is a really cool special where it's just this, their spear turns in a circle, flaming circle around her constantly and like sets everybody on fire. And it's pretty rad. Very nice. Um, anything else you want to say about your experience with it before we uh, wrap up here? Um, with Genshin Impact, I just love that it's free and there's just so much yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to them uh, saying what they're going to be working on and yeah. adding to it. Um, it will be interesting to see when we do do co-op. Yes. How that works. Yeah, I want to know. I wonder if that works. If we have the same people on our team, are there potential duplicates? Like, how does that work? Like, I think they just both show up there. But you, it is <laughs> smart that they do it through the Genshin ID rather yeah. than a common ID. Yeah, that's smart because it would suck if yeah, if it was blocked to just PlayStation users for you. But I'm glad that we can yeah. hopefully try that out. So yeah, maybe we'll try that out over the weekend. Um, real quick, before we wrap up video games, though, I wanted to mention one thing that is up your alley, and I'm sure you've already seen this today, but might as well tell our uh, podcast audience. There is a demo for Kingdom Hearts uh, Memory of Music of Memory. What memory of Melody. Called? I was memory just about to bring that up. That's on. Uh, comes out on for, on uh, tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow. Uh, yes, it comes out tomorrow, unless you have your PlayStation set to Australia time. Which I do not. <laughs> then it is currently out and available for you. But yeah, uh, this is cool. So I've been looking, been interested in this one because I like rhythm games. So. Yes. Um, maybe we'll both have something to say about that demo next week. It is a free demo for PS4 and for the Xbox. Yes. It's supposed to be a free demo for the Switch, but it's not released yet. Okay. Um, but for PlayStation and Xbox, if you want the free demo to try and play it, I've been watching people play it and following and just having my controller here, watching <laughs> and playing it. Like, oh, I'm playing it. Yeah, you're practicing. And from that experience, I think seems they kind of nailed the rhythm game in this. Yeah, seems good. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to giving it a try. Um, like I said, as someone who likes the Kingdom Hearts music, I think one of the best aspects of those games, this yeah. game is definitely up my alley, and I will definitely oh. be picking this up. They basically made it for you. Let's be yeah, real. They made it for me and for everyone else <laughs> who likes their world concerts that they do. Yeah. 
right. But yeah, the game is free. Um, out. Uh, try it out because the buttons, because of the gameplay, is so different from a traditional Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah. That I'm glad they made this a free demo for people to at least get try a taste and what they want. Okay, uh, playing anything else or? Um, nope, I've been playing more Hades when we get around okay. to it. Yep. And I think that is it for us then. Cool. Uh, payday is tomorrow, so I'm, I'm planning on uh, getting uh, uh, Hades and playing some this weekend. So. Okay. All right, then let's wrap this place up then. Thank All right you. then. Yes. One away. Yes, thank you for joining us this Media Book Podcast episode. We'll be back next week for a new one. If you want to see us in video form, go to YouTube, search Media Book Podcast, you'll find our page, our channel, like, subscribe, watch, all of the above. We'd love to see the numbers go up, as you do as well. Uh, just think of our, our subscriber count, our channel subscriber count, as our like adventure level for YouTube. Just think of it like that. You're helping us power up. Anyway, um, if you want the audio version of our podcast, we're available now more places than ever. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on Spotify even. Just search Spotify for Media Boat Podcast in the little search bar and you'll find us. I know because I've tried it and it works. So yeah, you can find our newest episodes as well as our back catalog going all the way back to the old year of 2016. That's how you know we made it. You can search yes. for our name and it pops up. Yeah. Hey! Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we're on there. Twitter, at Media Boat Cast is our handle. Facebook, Media Boat Podcast. Search that. You'll find us. Email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to contact me directly, my Twitter account is at QuackerDrill, Q-U-A-C-K-E-R-D-R-I-L-L. You are? I am not two, N-A-U-G-H-T, and the number two. That is also both of our gamer tags, if you want to try and find yeah. us on any gaming system. <laughs> it's true. And if you want to watch us play some video games, every once in a while, we're on twitch.tv slash mediaboat playing something like uh, PGA Tour 21. Uh, or you can find us on um, YouTube gaming every once in a while on our YouTube channel I mentioned before. So thank you. For joining us this week, we'll be back next week to talk about even more stuff. I'll probably finish up um, uh, season three of Kipo. We might talk more about Hades. We'll talk more about Genshin Impact, I'm sure. Yeah, um, uh, we'll have our both our thoughts on Melody of Memory, any other TV shows or albums that come out that we see. Yeah, we'll see. Lots uh, of stuff to talk about every week. All that and more next week. So tune in. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks for tuning in. More stuff next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.